1: I'm Mark Oppenheimer, and this is my swan song this week, sitting in for Colin McEnroe, who is bicycling through Catholic Europe, as we're calling it, in the days of Pope Francis, when everyone's reclaiming their Catholicism. It's the Colin McEnroe Show, and today we have a really exciting show. Uh, This is one I've wanted to do for a really long time, and I'm really grateful that Colin's absence gave me the chance to do it. We're talking about big families, and I'm arbitrarily setting the cutoff for big at four, because – or not the cutoff, that, the starting point, the the floor, not the ceiling at four because that's how many children I have. I have four daughters ages eight, six, four, and almost two. And, of course, when I'm around my friends who have 10 kids and I do know such people, they think, what's four? That's like nothing. That's a start. But when I'm around normal people in America where the birth rate is closer to two, they think, oh, my God, how do you possibly do that? And as it happens, I actually know other people uh, who have – Four or five. My friend Stuart has five kids. My friend Andrew has four. There's a whole in New Haven where I live, I sort of know the community of people who have lots of kids. We like spot each other from and wave from our minivans. But I wanted to hear uh, from some other people who had even more kids than me. And I also wanted to hear from listeners. So this is going to be a show where we're going to expect a, a lot of calls. We want to hear your judgmentalism. We want to hear how we're destroying the environment. We want to hear how this is you know bad for, for water in California and for the Greek economy. You can call us to talk about large families. What do you think think of them. 860 275 That's 860 275 We have uh, four guests today. Uh, we're going to be joined by Vita Marilani, who's an assistant professor of sociology at Yale. She studies family structure. Hi, Vita.
2: Hi, good to be here.
1: Thanks so much for joining us from New Haven. Uh, Jordana Horn-Gordon is a writer, lawyer, and mother of, as of about a month ago, six children. Hi, Jordana. Hi. How are you?
0: Hi, good. Thanks. Thanks for having
1: me. Absolutely. Uh, Rich Calhoun is a high school science teacher in Western Massachusetts and the father of how many kids, Rich? I have four. Two boys and two girls. You mean four so far, right? Uh, Four so far. Four so far. All right. And Megan Francis is a writer and the author of several books, including Table for Eight. She is the mother of how many, Megan?
3: I have five.
1: You have, So far, right? Yeah.
3: Well, yes. And probably <laughs> that's it. <but. laughs> probably
1: that's it. Um, so thanks so much to, to all of you for joining us. I want to start with Vita, though. We're going to bring everyone else in really soon. Uh, how common can, – can you give us a sense of the sociological breakdown? How does the, the bell curve fall? What's average in America? What's, what's bizarre?
2: Right. So I, I will start by endorsing your view that four is uncommon, <laughs> okay. and more than four is uncommon. So, uh, you know, about 15 percent – of uh, parents today have four or more kids. It used to be higher, but I will say that that's an anomaly if you take a long-term view of American fertility. Fertility went up, you know, to produce the baby boomers and then has gone back down. So, you know, often I think people think of this very big fertility um, norm that was just before our generation. But actually, that was unusual. Fertility was lower before that. And so there's this up and then down shape to fertility. If we look from 1900, say to 2000, Americans are incredibly uh, narrow minded in what they think the ideal family size is. They think two or three children are the right number. And so in 1970, uh, about 70% of Americans thought that the ideal family size was two or three. And Today, about 75% of Americans think that that's the right number. So I would say relative to other countries, we actually have an extremely uh, homogeneous uh, consensus of what the right family size is, and it's about two or three.
1: And when did it peak? Do you know what what year we had yep. the highest? So it, yeah, go ahead.
2: Yep. Uh, so it peaked for the cohorts of uh, 1935 mm-hmm. to 1940. So the baby boomer is... Uh, the baby boomers were born from 1946 to 1964. So if you kind of think of the 1950s as, you know, the peak, it went up to about a, a fertility rate of three and then came back down to two. And what if you uh, go
1: back 100 years? So so back, back to... 100
2: w- years. Yeah, if you go back 100 years. So if we think about the uh, the women born in 1910, say, fertility was lower at about two and a half um, an average of two and a half per women. And, and so when we look at the proportion who have four kids or more for the 1910 cohort, now I looked up that number, uh, it was 21 percent. And oh. so, yeah, not that high.
1: So not that high. So they were they were actually pretty good at birth control, um, right? I mean they they knew family planning, didn't they?
2: they did. I mean so people have a lot of different ways of doing family planning. I'm, I'm suddenly remembering how I talked to my 6-year-old. Uh so, so
1: this is a this is a the 6-year-olds are off at day camp. You can we're among grown-ups here. What were they doing? How is it that low?
2: Well, so I mean people control fertility both by using contraception and by not having sex when they don't want to get pregnant. And so they Can do both. Is that
1: is that how it's? Oh my god! Is that how it's done? (laughs) All right. So, um, thanks for for so getting us getting us focused on that. So so there was a nominalist an anomalous period after World War II and in the baby boom era, and now we're back down to what people think is fairly normal. Um, uh, Megan, you host a uh, a podcast, The Mom Hour, right?
3: Yeah. Yes.
1: And I mean, is your qualification for that that you have a lot of children? Is that what the podcast is about? (laughs) No, it's not or that. are you just an exceptionally good mom? Um,
3: I think I'm an experienced mom, and so a lot of people look to me because I have five kids and think that that, that gives me some kind of superpower or perceptiveness about parenting. Um, to be fair, I don't think I'm any more perceptive than a mom of one, but I do have a lot of experience and years under my belt and kids under my belt. So, yeah, I think that people tend to look at, at moms of many or dads of many as sort of these experts because they think we must be – Incredibly organized or incredibly um, patient to be able to handle it, and I'm not sure I'm either of those things. But
1: so that gets to the question of how we're perceived. Those of us who have large yeah. families, um, you're talking as if the perception is generally positive. Like, let's go to Megan for advice. She's she's seen everything. Is it is it overwhelmingly positive, or is there a lot? Is there any negative feedback?
3: Oh, there's ne- yeah, there's negativity. I think that it it goes both ways. I think that people it's the you know, the sinner or saint kind of um dichotomy. So you've got some people who think I'm crazy, my house must be completely chaotic and we're just kind of, you know, living in squalor and I can't manage I can't possibly manage all my kids or pay attention to all my kids. You've definitely got those people. They're not the ones who I guess are looking to me for advice Thankfully. <laughs> um, and then I've got people who really just kind of think, Wow, five kids they they kind of think that five is five times as hard as one, uh, which has not been my experience, and I'm sure the other people on the show with bigger families would agree. It's not—it's not like, you know, it's not like that. You just take one kid and and multiply all the work by however many kids you have, and that's how it works out. It's not quite so such a concrete equation in that way. I don't think.
1: No, I mean, in fact, you have to make the oldest help out a lot and do lots of yeah. stuff. I mean, you just you enslave the older ones, right? Exactly. And, and, uh,
3: well, and they and they, you know, they keep each other company, and so you know, if I've got. One of my kids who's bugging me to play with them, and like, what did you, what did I make you all these brothers for? Right. So, <laughs> play with them. Go so throw that I think one around. A lot of ways that take some of the pressure off. To be honest,
1: we're talking about large families. We'd love your calls at eight six zero two seven five seven two six six. Jordana, how old is your sixth now?
0: So the sixth is uh, three weeks.
1: My goodness, and. Oh. Boy, girl, give us the breakdown, the boy, right. girl, breakdown.
0: so um, my two eldest children are boys. Um, they are 11 and 10. And then we have a slew of little girls, um, one of whom has been almost four, according to her, for several months. But now it's actually almost four next week. Then um, one who turns three in October, one who turns two in October, and then this most recent one.
1: Now you're you're a writer. You write for the parenting website Kveller right. The Yiddishists yeah. among us will know that's K V E L L E R Kveller dot com, and um, you've been writing since you had since you had a mere two children, actually. And I'm curious, like, has the has the Have you noticed how the perceptions of your growing family, which you write about and which you write about on Facebook and which you tweet about, how they've changed as it's gone from three to four to five to six? Like, did did people who were, like, cool with you having four all of a sudden find that their heads exploded at five and six?
0: Yes. Yes. Um, I I, I carry um, a lot of wipes in my bag just to wipe up the, you know, the debris from the exploded brains um, (laughs) all around me. Um, I I definitely – the perception the reactions to each um, subsequent announcement of pregnancy were very different um, three oh that's wonderful four ah oh, it's gonna be a big family five what is happening <laughs> and six was like you have gone off the deep end um, you know I, and I found that that reaction actually came mostly from my fellow parents who would say like, why why would you do that um, you know and, and and as megan said you know the idea like i i'm going nuts and i have two kids right
1: so right.
0: You know, do you have any
1: favorite reactions like is there one that you whip out at dinner parties
0: <laughs> <laughs> um let me see uh, i i don't know someone once conjectured that you know it was to have um you know, spares around for I don't know organs, or, <laughs> or and I thought that was extremely odd. Um, but I'm only thinking of it now. Um, not, not, not one favorite. No, I think that generally they can be classified into two camps: the the ones who say, you know, that's great, better you than me, <laughs> um, or why. Right. Why would you do that?
1: I would add um, in another. I mean, the rea- one reaction that I know Sid and I get, uh, my wife and I, is the not uncommon reaction of people who have two or three. You say, "God, I wish we'd had more."
0: Oh, interesting.
1: I get we I've, get that I, not infrequently.
0: I've, I've only found that um, actually, it's only just started now because now I have some friends who their maybe their first child just finished high school, uh-huh. um, and they say, you know, they're they're struggling with what they are um how they're going to redefine their lives without the a present child in the house and they think well you, you know, you have some job security.
1: Right. You'll never have to. It's a long time before you lose. My mother had, uh, my parents had my last sibling. I'm one of four uh, when my mom was 44. Hi, Mom. And uh, up in Springfield. And, um, you know, yeah, they didn't have to worry about what next until they were 62. I mean, they were teaching a 16-year-old to drive at 60. So it was, right. uh, you know, it, it, it put off those questions about about Act Three, as uh, the gerontologists call it. Uh, Mr. Calhoun, if I may call you that, um, even though you're... On vacation from teaching at a high school, um, you have four kids, right?
4: Oh, we have four kids. We have a, a daughter who's seven, a son who's five, a daughter who is three, and a son who was born in March.
1: Oh, congratulations! So, how did Thanks. you guys? How did you guys reach the decision? Was that one of the thing? Those things were you, like your eyes locked on, uh, you know, Match.com, and you both wanted four kids someday, or was this an evolving decision?
4: It was a, it, certainly an evolving decision. We both came from families of four, but uh, we actually were told um, by a fertility specialist uh, after our first, we, we had fertility help with all of our children. Um, actually, sorry, with our first two. Um, and our, our son was born uh, with in vitro fertilization, our second, our first son. Um, and then the next two we were told were miracle babies. They were, they were not planned, but certainly we were excited to see them uh, and meet them. Um, but we, were, we thought we were done at two. And so uh, we're pleasantly surprised with three and uh, kind of bowled over by number four.
1: That's great. So uh, one of the people in pop culture who's staking claim for those of us with lots of kids is the comedian uh, Jim Gaffigan, who's the father of five. And he does a stand-up routine, I think, that was back when he had only four. And let's listen to it now.
5: I uh, recently became a father. Thank you. Became a father for the fourth time? Never as much applause on that part. Really no applause, right? Because after the third kid, people stop congratulating you. Then they just treat you like you're Amish. Four! Well, that's one way to live your life. Can you build us one of those wood fireplaces? Four kids. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning, and then someone hands you a baby.
1: <laughs> All right. So what? A, what a great moment to go to a a phone call. Mike, are you there? Yeah. Hi. All right, Mike. What's up?
5: Well, I'm I'm listening to your topic here, and it just reminded me of a very funny story. I used to teach aquatic exercise at a local hospital, and it was mostly seniors and. I had this elderly lady from down south, and she mentioned she had 30 children. Th- 30? And uh, I didn't believe it until she brought in all the pictures and named them right off the bat. And in fact, she had a wonderful southern accent. The way she said it was, I had them five and six at a time. You <laughs> never had less than twins. One <laughs> husband.
1: Wow. And, and is, is that. Wow. <laughs> that, <laughs> how many kids do you have, Mike?
5: Myself, I'm single.
1: You're, all right. Well, you know, there's time yet. We, we, wish, you, we wish you however many kids you want. I'm,
5: gonna, I'm, I'm looking for a fertile woman. Thank you very much.
1: All Bye. right. Fertile women, call Mike. He's Mike at Mike.com. All right. Thanks so much, Mike. Good, <laughs> good talking to you. <laughs> um, so uh, that, there's a question for us so we could hand off to, uh, to Megan. I mean, you're at five. Do you meet people, not necessarily with 30, but with, you know, eight or ten, and then feel like, oh, I, does, that, does that feel re- like relatively, oh, I don't have so many?
3: Yeah, oh yeah. I mean I, I feel like every time, you know, I get any kind of cred um for having five and then I meet someone with six, it's like, Oh well, I guess I don't really know what I'm talking about that much <laughs> But and and up of course. I don't I actually know kind of a lot of people with six, surprisingly, um but not as many with seven and eight. I don't know why. Six seems to be this it's like the craziness drop off point or something. Where then you move into a completely different level.
1: <laughs> yeah, I could name a bunch with five, and I don't know any with six. Jordana, do you uh, like, Do you keep it that mental list of people who have even more than you or as many as you?
3: I'm looking.
0: I'm always looking. <laughs> um, I'm connected with a few virtually, but I have to say that in my community, which is, um, you know, on the, it's a suburb of New York City, um, there really are very, very few and far between. Um, maybe a few blended families um yeah but but um that where that was how things ended up but i find that in a lot of those the children are older maybe out of the house and so it's a sort of different animal
1: mhm mm-hmm. and now your as uh, your first two are from a first marriage as Correct. you've written about and Correct. the other four are from your the second marriage so far <laughs> And, no.
0: the, yeah, the, from yeah. From we're, the second, we're here for good. You're here for good. Okay. We're both hard sells at this point. Okay. So. <laughs> right.
1: Like like the the remarriage market wouldn't treat you well with four kids I don't think between not. Right, six and four. <laughs> so. Um, do, do, how would the conversation go? And I'm, I'm curious with all of you about this, like um, with the spouses. I mean, uh, Rich has already told us that, that he and his wife you know, worked hard with science to get the first two, and then we're very grateful for the second. I'm curious, Jordana and then maybe Megan, you could talk about um, how that decision went.
0: Um, well, <laughs> from even uh, my husband and I met um, online, through online dating, and in our very first phone call, he asked me if I would you know I had these two little boys and he asked me if I'd be willing to have more children and I said why don't we just see how dinner goes first (laughs) (laughs) you know I I again agree I said we can talk about it over dessert um and so apparently it went well um and you know it's it's um it snowballed. I actually, I, I, maybe it's because I'm so tired. I don't actually recall the moment of decision of, of of having any of these people. Um, but I know that we, we talked about wanting, um, a big family. And to me, big, I'm one of four also, um, like you. And I wanted ideally to have, at least four. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess we were having fun. and
3: So it just kept on going.
1: And and Megan, how did that conversation go for you and your husband, if there was one that you can remember? Yeah.
3: Well, gosh, I don't. In our case, um, there wasn't as much deciding. Uh, <laughs> it <just> kind of, <laughs> of happened most of the time. We got married really young and I came from both of my parents had five siblings in each of their families. And then I wow. had four and then some step siblings and things. We I was just used to having a lot of kids. My husband came from a family of three and I think ideally that maybe would would have been where he would have thought he would have stopped, but I always kind of knew I wanted four or five. Um it just the timing and spacing wasn't, you know, really all that planned, but you know, I I did feel like when we got to four, I thought, mm, "I don't think I'm quite done." And then when we got to five, I felt I felt more done. And I also had I could see how Having more kids was just kind of extending the length of time that I was going to be in the trenches, you right. know, and I was kind of ready to start moving out of those trenches. Right. But, but I could see having – if it just was about the number of people I want around my table – um, I could just have kept going on into infinity because <laughs> I love being surrounded by people. You
1: like having a big table, no? Yeah, I love I, it. I, you know, and I've written about this too, and I've always said. I mean, one of the things is that it is this hedge against loneliness, right? That you know, there are these people who love you a lot and whom you love who are around. And you know, right now, one of my eldest daughters off at summer camp for four weeks, but I got you know, I got three more, so it still feels like there's a lot of love. And that's without even counting the dogs who who really love me. I mean, dogs love and, you. And, know and my children siblings are
3: some of my best friends, and so I love the knowing that my kids will have that when they get older, too, hopefully. And they all like each other a lot now. So hopefully that, that lasts in I want, adulthood.
1: I want to take a quick uh, phone call that I think uh, maybe Vita can help us with uh, before we go to break. Nathaniel from Hamden, are you there, sir? Uh, yes. Yeah, quickly, what was your question?
4: Hey, uh, I think one of your uh, guests had spoken to the, uh, the the trends in the U.S. related to um, how we're kind of in a waning Period uh, of having larger families, but right. previously it was higher and it's lower. And I was wondering how that applies to other cultures or, or countries.
2: Um, yeah, where it blinds we... with us or not, um, where we fall. It's a that.
1: great question, Vita, Quickly, wh- where do we fall relative to other countries?
2: Well, so relative to other rich countries, the Western uh, European nations, we have higher fertility. Uh, you know, so there's uh, what's called very low fertility in many of the uh, social democracies in Europe and, you know, in Italy and in Spain and in Sweden, people worry about fertility being too low. Whereas uh, in the U.S. and France, we sit at about two, which is what demographers like me call replacement fertility. The population stays the same there. Uh, Obviously, it's a lot lower. Our fertility is a lot lower than other developing nations, uh, you know, where the averages are more in the three to five range. But so I would say our fertility is high for a rich nation, but uh, pretty ho-hum. And, compared we're, compared and we're, to helped, by, we're helped by
1: immigration, right?
2: We are helped by immigration, but I really I think it's really important to remember that Americans pretty much hold a high value of about two kids. So this is not a case in which you know, the immigrants are having a lot of kids and the native-borns are having one. Right. We don't have that kind of society.
1: We have to go to a break, but when we come back, we'll take more of your calls. We're talking about big families. It's 860-275-7266. I
4: say baby – why stop there? Let's have a great big family, like them old photographs you see, where well, that could be you and me, and a great big family.
2: What do you think when you see someone with more than four children?
4: In our family, there were five children. I know now families tend to be a little smaller, although I read recently that more educated people are starting to have bigger families. I think it's a good thing. I know it can be a difficult thing in that they may be deprived of um, certain things, but now that I'm older, um, I can see that a lot of times you may not have a lot of other people in the world that you, you know, it's good to have um, some siblings, A lot of times, even if it's a sister or brother, you hate them for a day or two, and then you're, you know, back together again.
2: I wonder how they can pay for it. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I raised two children, so uh, it's surprising to me in this economy that people would have that many children. What do you think prompts people these days to have more than four children? I'm sure they have personal reasons, maybe religious reasons. Um, Maybe they came from large families themselves. I don't know. (laughs)
1: What on earth prompts people to do it? They must have personal reasons. Uh, (laughs) Probably they do. Uh, I'm Mark Oppenheimer, sitting in for Colin McEnroe on The Colin McEnroe Show. We're talking about big families. We're taking your calls at 860-275-7266. Are you from a big family? Did you love it? Are you from a big family and you couldn't stand it? I know one woman who is one of seven children and none of those seven as adults have had any kids. So maybe that's some reflection on their own experience growing up in big families. Six zero two We're talking with Vita Marilani from the sociology department at Yale, Jordana Horn-Gordon, writer and mother of six, the very robustly named Rich Calhoun, who must coach a few things with a name like that. He's a science teacher at Deerfield Academy in Massachusetts and the father of four. Megan Francis, uh, who is the mother of five and author of Table for Eight and also hosts the blog The Mom Hour, and we're talking about big families. I have a question that uh, I'll throw at Rich, which is you live in a residential community, uh, a boarding school, where you see how other parents do their parenting. Um, yeah. Do you think that when you compare yourself, say, to the parents of one or two, do you parent differently?
4: I, th-
1: I think so. I think
4: I think my wife and I both teach full time, um, and the school allows us to have split schedules where. The children often are—they feel like batons in some sort of relay, where one of us will be running through the door and kind of catch a baby while the other one is running out um, to to work. And I, I think a lot of our, a lot of the parents that I see, and we we have 52 ninth-grade girls who live with us uh, in the dorm, so we see lots of different kids and take care of lots of different kids. Um, I think having a larger family spreads us a little bit thinner. Um, but I think our days are a little bit more full, uh, not that they're better they're just
1: from sun up to sundown Life
4: goes really really quickly, and uh that's something I think we both very much enjoy
1: so there there's less time for you guys to browse the internet aimlessly than for some and, of your friends
4: <laughs> and less time to chat with each other so right. we uh we're uh you know in some days we feel like we're ships passing in the night, but uh we have our summers together as a family and so I think if if it weren't for those summers um, together, I think we probably would have gone with a smaller family. But we have that luxury as teachers to have three months kind of uninterrupted together Mm -hmm. as a a whole. Mm
1: -hmm. Georgiana, how has having all those kids affected, I I would say, your parenting and I would also say your marriage because Rich brings that up?
0: Um, In terms of parenting, I think that you – you really can't sweat the smallest stuff as much um, with this many children. Um, I've written about, you know, how when you're in the supermarket and you see someone with the cover for the seating area of the shopping cart Mm -hmm. and their child in there, and you think, (laughs) okay, like, I I can't be worried about that. You know, I I can't be worried that you're going to lick the shopping cart. Um, The chances are really good you're going to lick the shopping cart. (laughs) <laughs> and you might throw up and we're going to get through it it's going to be okay. Um so you can't be so tense about things. You need to be much more organized. Um sadly that is not my nature. And so this has really been a lesson for me because I think that I think that if if three children weren't is juggling. I think that six is really more like air traffic control, um, and you're trying to avert disaster and forgetting someone in a parking lot somewhere. Um, and so, so it, it necessitates a degree of organization, a degree of um, the let it go kind of mentality, um, and also encouraging, strongly encouraging your children to be as self-sufficient and independent. As possible, yeah. um, because not only does it behoove them, but it certainly behooves you.
1: One of the um, things that that I know often gets let go, at least in my household, is things like lawn care, for example. And our, our but our neighbor Holly, who has four children, she's famous in the neighborhood for saying, "We're raising children, not grass." You know that it's <laughs> <I laughs> like say. the you know the the hedges aren't going to be as nicely trimmed. Megan, are you an organized person?
3: I've become more organized from necessity, but no. And my nature is not to be particularly organized. So <laughs> – um, I, and I think to what Jordana was saying, I mean, people will tell me all the time how self-sufficient my kids are and, and how impressed they are that they can do things for themselves. And I really can't exactly take credit for that. It was probably more a little benign neglect on my part, and then they had to sort of figure it out. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing.
1: Right. No, I mean, our yeah. one-year-old can yeah. open the refrigerator and take out – her sippy cup and start drinking like she just doesn't wait because she's learned that she can ask and nag us but we're just not going to get to it and i
3: I feel like there was like a 10-year period of time where i was kind of stuck on the couch nursing a baby like all the time and so the older kids just kind of thought well i guess we have to learn how to make an egg make a sandwich you know
1: yeah figure out where
3: our stuff is i mean they just didn't rely on me for that kind of thing
1: give ourselves baths and hopefully not not drown i want to take a call we have a call from michael and lawrence michael you there
3: yeah, I'm here.
1: Yeah, um, and you're from a family uh, of how many, sir? Twelve. Twelve. Okay. What was yeah. that like?
5: Well, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. To you can, you know what, Michael? I'm
1: disrespect there. us. It's okay. It's okay. okay. We're all grownups here.
5: Uh, well, I hate to rain on the pro-natalism love fest, but <laughs> coming from a family of 12, uh, most of my brothers and sisters don't even have kids. Um, a lot of the time we raised, it was kids raising kids. There was physical abuse in the house because of the stress my mother was under. I mean, I, you know, look, there are racing classes this here, too. If you have a nice suburban middle class, you know, uh, high income, you might be able to have four to six kids and be in La Land. But, you know, if you're considering all the single parents, people that don't have the money in this economy, in this world, bringing kids into this world, you know, with the college tuition, and everything like that is stress. And the one thing that's left out here is the stress that, right. uh, you know, being under and I had uh, one biological daughter, and I adopted one. Mm-hmm. Like I said, most of my brothers and sisters, I'd say 10 out of the 12, do even have kids. So... There's a side of this that's not even being discussed. It's totally being left out. I, uh, you know, Michael, so I just want to raise that.
1: Well, and you know, th- thank you for raising that. I'm really grateful for that because I think that's a terrific point. And it's it's actually great that we have Vita here because to what extent is there a class component? Do we know uh, if a lower socioeconomic, lower income family is more likely to have three or four kids uh, versus a you know a richer family? How does that break down at all? What do we know about that?
2: Right. Yeah. You couldn't see me, but I was nodding at my head as he was asking his question. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of truth to what he's saying, actually. I mean, so I have I guess I have three things I want to put on the table. One is he's right to say that having large families is largely associated with having lower socioeconomic status and that the kinds of experience that the moms and dads on this show right now are talking about um, is is in some ways uh, allowed by having flexible jobs and enough money between the two parents to allow for flexible schedules. So I think there. I think we should acknowledge that. Uh, the other thing I'll add, though, is there's also a lot of stigma associated with having a lot of kids when you're poor, and that what we might think of as a big family might actually depend on people's economic means, right? So we might think that someone who's a single parent who has three kids has a lot of kids, whereas I think it would be very unlikely for a middle-class woman with three kids to be judged that way. Uh, There's also, I think, quite a bit of stigma actually against being childless and having only, only one child. So, this, so we can stigmatize people a lot of different ways uh, and <laughs> manage to do that.
1: And I should say, by the way, that I you know, would love to do another show on people who have zero or zero or one kids, let's say, or childless by choice, or as sometimes they call themselves now child-free because they think childless sounds, you know, sounds derogatory, sounds like a, a put-down. Uh, Peter out there in uh, virtual land, he tweets, I've always asserted that I can barely take care of myself, let alone one or 10 kids. Peter, I'm sure you're right about that don't have kids. Sarah uh, tweets, my wife is the youngest of four and she's sure she wants only one. She felt forgotten and like an afterthought. You know, and uh, to Sarah, I'd only say I was the eldest of four, which was actually worked out great for me because I had a few years where there were no others. But yeah, being the youngest is probably different um, than being uh, than being older. And Christina tweets, could your guests discuss the finances of having lots of kids, big houses, plans for college costs uh, and so forth? That's actually exactly what I was going to ask. And that's thanks to Michael's really good call. And by the way, Michael, we're so glad you're listening up there in Lawrence. Massachusetts. It's always good to be heard up in the uh, north of Boston area. Um, you know, I should come clean and say that we have enough money that we don't worry about things like uh, the groceries or even getting babysitters to get some time alone, but there's no way we'll be able to pay for college of more than one. And we've always joked we have to figure out who the smartest is and send that one to college. Uh, but that's where we stand. You know, college is absolutely off the table. Um, Jordana, are you, like, are, you, are you rich?
0: I mean, so we're <laughs> at a point where we I will say that my unusual, um, or I guess not unusual, seeing as how, you know, maybe maybe one of your guests can speak as to whether or not actually 50% of Americans get divorced. Um, But the fact of the matter is that meeting and marrying later in life, when my husband and I were at points in our respective careers where we had more financial security, um, has been a comfort. Now, and the fact that that happens to coincide with um, my unexpectedly cooperative fertility um, has been a pleasure as well. Um, And that's so I do I feel incredibly lucky? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's a set of circumstances that have fallen into a row. And that being said, we do often joke about, you know, one day sitting the kids down at a table. And spinning some sort of roulette wheel as to, you know, who will go to college. Um, and we talk about also the fact that, you know, we 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 often cite the example of, say, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, you don't have to finish college. <laughs> you know, you just
1: <laughs> so um, found a billion dollar corporation. Bill fine. Gates didn't finish. College. That's a great, we've never tried that one in the Oppenheimer household. I'm absolutely going to try that one. Yes. Hey, so, Rich, and you, you, of course, you have free housing. So that helps.
4: We do. Part of our job is, is living in the dorm. And so I think if we, you know, I think your caller made a, a very good point. If we weren't in the, the very special situation that we're in, in terms of our job expectations, there's, there's no possible way we could afford to have a larger family. Um, right. We feel very lucky. Although, you know, we plan to become boarding school teachers. That, that's what both of us have done since college. So we set out knowing that we would live at our school Likely for the rest of our lives.
1: Right, right. Uh, I want to take another call. Uh, Rasan, am I pronouncing it correctly? From from Cromwell.
4: Yeah, Rasan. Thanks a lot for taking my call.
1: What's um, up?
5: I I grew up with uh, three siblings. There were four of us actually in five years, and and I have four uh, biological kids from my first marriage, and I'm now remarried, and you know my wife and I have decided to expand our family so we could have you know assuming at least one or possibly two. And and our you know my personal um, you know, my, com- my comment is more around, like, as long as I was, like, healthy and, and able to have fun with them and continue to grow with them and-, and could afford them, like, I think having kids is absolutely the most fun thing in the world. I love watching my kids go together. I love watching them play together. And I think, like, one of your panelists, um, we're fortunate that they get along very well. Right. Um, But I I couldn't imagine only having one and constantly being the the center of
4: their attention.
1: Right. Right. Well, thanks for the call. I really appreciate that. And I'm really glad that you brought up the question of fun. I mean, one of the things that I think allows my wife and I to be so positive about having four kids that we really do find parenting to be a pleasure. And in fact, we tend to look down. There's a, there's a whole genre of parenting writing um, that involves writing books. Not There's some novels. There's also nonfiction about sort of how unbelievably stressful or how unbelievably torturous it is to have children, how it destroys your marriage, how it drains your resources. And it, uh, no question, but if we felt that way, we wouldn't have as many, and you know, I mean, Megan, do you do you find that often you're correcting the misperception, or that you're putting out there the correct perception that parenting is actually a joy?
3: Yeah, oh yeah, that's kind of what I've actually based most of my writing career on, <laughs> is just kind of counter um, countering those uh, impressions of parenting. And I wanted to talk a little bit about to address the caller um, that before who had. Who came from a family, family of 12. twelve? Right, because I think what you know, the alarm bells that were going off in my mind when he was talking is it sounds kind of like, and I of course can't, I don't have any idea what his family background was, but when I hear about people who were sort of a slave to their fertility and wound up with these huge families that they didn't intend to have, or maybe thought that they wanted, but then ended up in this stressful situation, I think that's completely different than what we're talking about. Um, and not having kids because I'm like part of a natalist movement. And, you know, I want everyone else to do the same thing. I, I, for me, this is a personal thing. And I think my kids are great. And we have a lot of fun as a family. Um, but if you, you know, if you don't think parenting, if you, if you don't like large groups, um, you maybe aren't going to like having a big family. And if you uh, just really, you know, if you're in a, a phase of life where having more than two would be incredibly stressful for you financially or in whatever way there might be, then maybe that's not the right choice for you. It's very personal. Right, Um, and very independent and individual.
1: Jordana, do you like large groups?
3: I do.
0: I always have. Um, But I will say, you know, to me, what resonated with that caller was the the idea of stress. Uh, Do I enjoy? Do I enjoy kids? My own, sure. Yes. Um But, you know, that being said, i got to say that with, with this many kids, there's always something to worry about. And there's always something to be anxious about. And that is, you know, it's a question of how you deal with it. And it's something that, truthfully, I'm still trying to do. You know, you can worry about... Um, one of your kids being unhappy in a new school, you can worry about and just magnify and uh, multiply that times six. And there's always something that can keep you up at night, you know, perhaps literally if it's screaming or perhaps, you know, just in terms of your thoughts right. and wanting the best for these children. Um, so it is a lot and it, and it is very stressful. And I, I think that we do each other a disservice by just saying, you know, yes, it's it's fun and wonderful, and it is. It is fun and wonderful, and it has an underbelly of of being extremely tiring um, and all-consuming.
1: And I would add that, you know, for some families, it's probably exactly the wrong decision because what brings them together as a couple or what gives them pleasure as a single person, a single parent, uh, maybe, you know, travel, for example, or it may be, you know, year-round, uh, twice-a-week soccer. I mean there are things that some people enjoy doing that give them meaning and purpose that are not compatible with having lots of children where you just can't get away as much as you would like. I mean my wife and I joke that we don't like travel unless it's to our sofa to watch HBO. And so that's, that makes us – you know, so that's an advantage if you're going to, to have lots of kids. Uh, we're talking about very large families. I'm Mark Oppenheimer sitting in for Colin McEnroe. We're about to go to a break, but when we get back, we want more of your calls at 860 275 7266.
0: And he's going to the top! You don't get along!
3: show was produced by Betsy Kaplan and me, Kyone Wolf, with help from our interns Deborah Tins, Katie McAuliffe, and Jules Lefebvre. Our executive producer is Katie Talarski. The part of Phil Curry was played by Jim Gaffigan. For articles, photos, and to listen to previous shows, visit our website, wnpr.org slash Colin. On tomorrow's show, Colin is back with the nose. And now, back to Oppie.
1: Good to be back. I'm Mark Oppenheimer, sitting in for Colin McEnroe. We're talking about big families, four and more, as we're defining big we're taking your phone calls at 860-275-7266. We have four terrific guests with us and a very active Twitter sphere today. Mara tweets, my father had five more kids with his second wife. He was 40 when started, 50 when last was born. Here I should say that my grandfather was married six times, but he only had kids with two of the wives, so there were, there were five kids total. But yes, multiple marriages definitely uh, come into play. Megan made the point of saying, and this is Megan Francis, who's the author of Table for Eight and host of The Mom Hour, Megan made the point of saying she's not part of some natal cult. I'm assuming that all three of my parenting guests are philosophically okay with birth control. Does anyone want to... Am I wrong about that?
3: <laughs> I'm nope, super true. okay with it. All. You're <laughs> all super
1: okay with it. Okay. So no one here is having lots of kids be, for because they believe that God forbids otherwise. But Jordana, you have written about a religious impulse for having a large family.
0: Yes. Um. Not in the sense of... Um, be fruitful and multiply, but I am a strongly identifying Jew. And for me, um, for me, it's very important. I I feel that I really want to um, not only to have children for my own personal um, reasons, but also it's very important to me to raise Jewish children. Um, I feel very lucky to be part of a heritage that's very important to me. And I want to convey a sense of that importance to these children. And I feel very grateful to have the ability to have them.
1: And, you know, that's in some ways the exact opposite of the feeling that some people have going back to that caller, Michael, who I don't know why his mother had 12 children, but there are people who have lots of children because it's beyond their control because their their culture c- commands it or their religion commands it and and they do it in a sense they're choosing it but maybe it wasn't the right choice for them uh, in terms of family happiness or keeping their stress down and you're you know my guests today are making it a, an affirmative choice Megan do you do you feel that how do you feel about what your number of children does for either your community of origin or the town you live in. I mean, we have a tweet from Peter in which he says more people on this planet drain resources, whether first world or third world country. How do you respond to that?
3: Oh uh, well, I mean I've heard I've gotten really nasty mail over the years um, <laughs> accusing me of draining resources. And you know, it's all relative. And I think that we can all find something to get upset about, whether it's a celebrity who jets back and forth um, from coast to coast a few times a week in, you know, their private plane or whether it's somebody who steals water from a fire hydrant in California during a drought, or you know, Tom Selleck,
1: everyone, apparently, according to today's news.
3: Apparently so, and I just I feel like in the grand scheme of things, living in a uh, in a country that's barely at replacement rates, my little family of five kids is not really making the impact that um, that that is being. You know, I don't really feel like there's enough of us doing this to be making an overall huge impact. And, you know, I'm not a social scientist and I'm not a, and I'm not a a scientist, so I could be wrong about that, but I feel like we all are making individual choices every day about the way we interact with our community. And, you know, we, we live in a small town where we walk a lot and we don't, you know, use a lot of resources in, and we all cram into a very normal sized house. So I
2: just I feel like it's really relative and I feel like that's a little bit of a red herring to be honest.
1: Vita Marilani from Yale University, is that a rigorous way of thinking about it or are I you cringing?
2: I no no, I think she's good. I think she's absolutely right. I think you know, once we look at the percent of the population that has more than 5 children, we're up at lower than 1%. And so I, I tend to agree. Can I can I add, though, one thing that's really interesting for me is that I think it's interesting what gets judged as a, quote, big family, depending on uh, where you are and what you do. So in my world, in the academy um, and my doctor friends, three is considered a big family. And I often hear my friends get judged for sending their kids to daycare too young, uh, having too much babysitting and nanny help, and people raising eyebrows at three. And so one thing I think it's really interesting in thinking about what's too big is what people give up in how many kids they choose to have, right? So in my case, on school photo day, I might have a babysitter come do my daughter's hair because I'm in D.C. giving a talk. And there are other moms out there who would cringe at that. But that's a trade off I have to make. Can in I my just life. say
1: if you had four kids, nobody would be doing your daughter's hair on school photo? Day. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm not the only one listening to that thinking, Wait, your daughter's hair gets done extra special on school photo day? Like it does. My yeah. daughters are lucky but, to get to school. I mean <laughs> But
2: but I guess you know what's interesting in my world is what people actively ask, Are you really gonna have a third kid? Is that really okay? Well you so- crazy. That's just well, crazy. Well, no. I mean, I think my world is another world in which mothers exist, just like the mothers on your show. But I just think it's interesting to think about, you know, what's big? Is four big? Is six big? Is three big? Well, it sort of depends on how you're going to use this finite amount of time you have in your day.
1: On what your community is. I want to go to Sandy uh, from New London, who's been very, very patient. Sandy, what's up?
3: Hi. Um, I just wanted to share that our our family is a blended family, and it's, it's difficult to figure out how you're going to pay for college. And what we did was the eldest, we paid for college for her, and then as she graduated, she had to be willing to put some of her future money into the college fund. Now, wait, how did you –
1: wait, hold on. How are you going to enforce that? Did she have to sign a contract before she moved into her freshman dorm?
4: Actually, she did.
1: Whoa. Whoa. <laughs>
3: But it wasn't a lot. We asked her to pay for 15% of what we gave her would come back to her sibling, the next sibling in line. That's really neat. And then each sibling after that had to do the same thing. All our kids graduated,
4: and all of them lived up to their
1: contract. That's really neat. All right, well, thanks for that call. I really appreciate it. Uh, My neighbor, Gigi, from New Haven, how are you?
4: Hey, Mark, how are you?
1: Good, how are you? What's going on?
4: Good, I just wanted to... uh, I've talked of the previous caller who was
3: from a family of twelve i um I come from a family of i'm one of nine and um I have five children myself and I just wanted to say that all of us you know in in my from my siblings we most of us have children you know by choice and we're all very happy being parents and growing up it wasn't it wasn't like the dog eat dog world that everyone would imagine in a family of nine we all looked out for each other we all care for each other we didn't have everything we wanted we didn't have probably everything we needed but at the same time we were able to manage with what we had and it has made us extremely extremely successful in our adult life I,
1: I love your comment and i'm gonna I'm gonna take that comment and put it to our callers to or excuse me our panelists today because I am curious how do you consciously parent all these kids, right? Because everyone knows who has even two kids that the first may be jealous of the second. And I'd love to ask each of you quickly, Jordana and then Megan and Rich, how do you think about what happens, what are you doing to the other kids when you have another? Jordana?
0: Well, I think that for me it's been remarkably um, and surprisingly positive. Um, we just brought home, as as you know, a new baby um, from the hospital three weeks ago. And in many other families that i know there's a lot of drama that goes around with a new baby coming in the house and here i'm not entirely sure everybody noticed um i'm i'm joking obviously but the fact of the matter is that it didn't it, it hasn't changed really things for anyone it's been a pleasant surprise there's been no acting out because it, they, they understand that the my attention is very rarely laser focused on one particular person but rather it's a cumulative operation
1: right you give Um, you give them siblings not attention Uh, (laughs) that's what (laughs) we tell that's what we tell our kids (laughs) megan what about you how has the parenting played out What, what what challenges have there been in that
3: um yeah i mean definitely there are things that i'm not able or willing at this point um to do for the kids that for my kids that other people with smaller families can um like jordana was just saying i feel like it's led to a uh, just a much less drama-filled drama um, experience in our household than maybe people would think. And overall, I feel like everyone just knows we're all in this together. But if, if I had to say like, that's what kind of sums up my family. Everyone is willing to pitch in because we're part of a unit, and I can't take all the credit for that. It's just kind of how it's played right. out, but maybe they're seeing that modeled by my husband and I. Where we just do things for each other because we're a family, and sometimes that means you have to be patient, and sometimes that means you have to help out, and um, it's just—I don't know—it just—I don't want to put a too shiny of a.
1: No, I mean sometimes you get you get lucky. Uh, yeah, rich it works out. Rich, is is yours a drama-filled existence, or are there, are there parenting strategies that have just quickly in the last thirty seconds?
4: I, I think drama is part of every, every family, but uh, when you have more kids, you distribute that drama a little bit, and uh, now you have enough attention and energy for all of them as best you can. And then at night, you put your head down and uh, wake up in the morning and try and do it again.
1: Maybe watch some TV first. Uh, I'm really grateful to all my guests, Vita Marilani, Jordana Horn-Gordon, Rich Calhoun, and Megan Francis. The calls keep coming. You can share your thoughts with us by emailing colin at wnpr.org or tweeting us at wnpr colin uh we're grateful to all our guests on the show about big families colin will be back tomorrow with the nose i'm mark oppenheimer about to go home to at least a couple of my kids thanks so much